Hello, and welcome to Episode 5 of the Screaming in Silence podcast, 25 to Life. For most of us, severe pain is thankfully a fleeting experience, but for some, like myself, it's a permanent companion. For the past 25 years, everything I have done or experienced has been accompanied by chronic pain. Yet, to the surprise of most, I consider myself one of the luckiest people alive, and I'm thankful for this journey. Through this podcast series, I'll share with you my story and the insights I have gained that have allowed me this perspective. Welcome back. It is great to have you here with me again. The response to this series has been outstanding, more than I could have expected. If you are enjoying it so far, may I ask a big favour of you. If you could leave a rating or review on the platform you listen to this on, that would really help the podcast grow and reach more people. Right, on with the show. In episode 2, I let you into what the pain feels like and how it affects me on a day-to-day basis. In today's episode, I'll expand on that, looking at the bigger picture, how being in pain for years upon years has shaped me and the changes that has made. There isn't a single aspect of life this doesn't affect. Work, relationships, social life, family, they and more are all impacted. This has forced me to learn new tools, to become very self-aware, to re-evaluate thoughts on myself, to learn when to push myself and when it's okay to take a break. None of this was easy, but it was required, and has navigated me well through 25 years of pain. I'm the first to admit that I do not have all the answers. Every day is a school day, and I'm still learning. With estimates between 20-25% to of the population suffering from chronic pain, there is no one right approach that works for everyone, and even people with the same affliction can have differing experiences. But I do believe that I can offer a lot of people a new way to look at adversity, a way to see it as something to be embraced and to grow from. This is what my story is about, taking hardship and turning it into something positive. Despite spending the past 25 years in pain, I have never felt sorry for myself, never felt any form of self-pity for what I've been through and will continue to go through. There is one exception to this however, and I really struggled with how it made me feel, and that is when I've read medical reports on myself. The person I read about in these reports is obviously suffering severely and dealing with enormous struggles, and I know that person is me. While that might be the case though, there is a disconnect between myself and the me in the report, as I see myself as someone who is benefiting from this experience, growing, learning, and becoming a better person. Never have I asked, why me, or said, this isn't fear. I have pity for the person I read about, but not me. I've put a good deal of thought into why I felt this way when reading these reports, and the best analogy I can come up with is that it's like social media in reverse. It's often said that people mostly only post up the good aspects of life, the new car, the nice holiday, the good times, but that we really post up the struggles that go on in the background. I compare this to my medical reports. They only really show the struggles and difficulty. They don't detail the victories I've had, the lessons I've learnt, and the person I am. So, in isolation, I can see how I feel sorry for the person I read about, but when I know their full story, I know there is no need for pity. I'm sure you're also aware that I don't fear my pain or the effect it has. I embrace it, for it is my companion, my teacher, and my motivator. It is a tool I have in my tool belt to help me see life in a new way, a way of celebrating what I have and how I can make that work for me, rather than focusing on what I don't have. It makes me appreciate what life is and how precious it is. Despite being able to so accurately describe the sensations of crushing, burning, tearing, etc., I know I'm absolutely under no threat. Even when the pain is at its worst, I'm still using it to my advantage. I know I'm not in any danger. I know I'll come out the other side okay. In fact, I'll come out better, stronger. 
I could be corny and say something about a lump of coal needs to undergo extreme pressure to become a diamond, but I won't. Although I just did. For the same reason I don't pity me, neither should anyone else. I know the first few episodes are painted a bleak picture with the pain, but it's important that you know that my life is a great life. Don't get me wrong, I do not for one moment enjoy being in pain, but I absolutely love what being in pain has done for me. But that's for the next episode. So, how does 25 years of pain affect me? Well, it can be very isolating. It's hard to find understanding and support from those close to you. In saying that though, I totally understand why. When I turned 44 three years ago, I crossed a threshold in my journey. That was the point where I'd lived half my life in pain. This gave me opportunity to pause and look back on my entire life. It was then I realised I couldn't recall what it felt like not to be in pain. The first 22 years of my life, I took living pain-free for granted. I didn't stop to appreciate what I had, because I had no idea it could be so different. It's the same as losing the use of a limb. I don't really recall what life was like using my left arm, and it was my dominant arm. This made me realise that if I can't understand an experience I lived through for 22 years, how can I expect someone who has never experienced chronic pain to understand what that is like? This was an important realisation for me, and one I try to get across to other pain sufferers. One of the biggest complaints I see in chronic pain support groups is a lack of understanding from family and friends. I found the best way to handle this was to lower my expectations. Sure, the isolation is still there, but that was never going to change. Instead, it allows you to drop the frustration that the lack of understanding can bring. It is not the other person's fault that they can't empathise with your situation, so you can't blame them. This is some of what I talk about when I say I love what my pain has done for me. It's forced me to look at things from a different perspective, and I've been able to use those lessons in other areas of my life. Living with a condition you can't change will bring about frustration though, especially a condition that is so intrusive. Life can be challenging enough by itself, keeping on top of finances, working on relationships, meeting demands from work, keeping up with a social life. Any of these and more can be very testing, even on their own. Often, when we're doing our best to try to just get through, we feel we can't fit anything more on our plate. Now introduce strong pain into the equation. Well, you don't need to suffer chronic pain to understand the impact that will have. We've all had a headache at the worst possible time, or an injury that gets in the way. Luckily, for the most part, we can take a couple of pain relievers, or wait the headache out, or wait until the injury heals. But when you know that isn't an option, and that you need to also deal with life, well, it is easy to feel frustrated by it all. And I have. I still do. Rising to that frustration though will only compound the situation. And when you can't wait it out, you need to find a way to push through, to overcome the intrusion, to keep moving forward. Faced with this, it becomes a personal challenge, one that I will do everything not to back down from. Working to manage frustration this way for me is incredibly rewarding. Personally, it does take a lot of focus at times, but it is worth it. This is very similar to working with one arm, as I mentioned in the previous episode, and the focus and self-control that requires to avoid frustration. As I'm sure you can understand, the two together make it even more challenging, but equally so, more rewarding. This must be a measured approach though, as it is not always the best fit. Many years ago, as a part of my rehabilitation, I worked closely with an institute in my home city that focused on pain management. At the end of our time together, the specialist overseeing my treatment told me the following. The only thing about you I would say needs changing is that you are too bullheaded with yourself. You need to lower your expectations and give yourself a break. I paid lip service to his critique and said I would work on it, and then walked out thinking the exact opposite, that I needed to step my game up and deliver more. 
but his words would stay with me. I respected this man and his opinion. He understood me well, so I reflected on what he said from time to time. Slowly, I began to appreciate what he was saying, and in which areas of my life I needed to apply it to. In episode 1, I said how the doctor in charge of my case at hospital recommended I be off work for six months, and this would have been fully supported by our national accident insurer, known as ACC, with them covering 80% of my income. Despite this recommendation, and no need financially to immediately return to work, plus dealing with the injury and pain and unable to ride motorcycles, I was back at work in the motorcycle shop one week after leaving hospital, three weeks after the accident. It was just what I expected of myself. Life was going to go on as it always had, this was no excuse to slow down. However, it was clear that the owner of the business didn't like having an employee who was permanently injured from a motorcycle accident working in a motorcycle shop. Eventually he suggested that I start coming in for less days and he would hire someone to increasingly take over my role. This, along with other changes towards me and his attitude, really was a kick in the teeth and I mentioned it to my doctor. He in turn got in touch with my case manager at ACC and a decision was made to get me out of that environment. I understand why the owner felt the way he did, but he could have handled it a lot better. For the next couple of years I would go through rehabilitation programs and later spend a year doing a computing diploma, but with the arrival of my first daughter I wanted to get back to work again. As I wasn't passionate about working with computers, I decided to return to the industry I knew well, the car sales industry. I had actually started as a car groomer in 1995, but quickly got moved into a sales role, which I really enjoyed, before moving into the motorcycle industry in early 1997, about eight months before the accident. Instead of going back into sales, however, I replied to an advert for a car grooming role, totally ignoring the fact that I had a paralysed arm. This didn't hold me back though, because I was offered the job and accepted it. Once again, this didn't last long as I was promoted back into sales. I was happy with this, the money was better, and with my confidence lifted by my new work environment, I felt more than ready to get back into selling. And when I was on top of the pain, I was good at it. I never felt like the stereotypical car sales type, I just enjoyed meeting people and using my knowledge to help them. But when the pain was bad, so were my results. This weighed heavily on me. I would be hard on myself about letting the pain hold me back, chastising myself for what I saw as weakness. And to make things worse for myself, I hid this from my colleagues and employers. They might see the pain in my face or hear it in my voice occasionally, but they had no idea of what I was battling. How could they? I kept it hidden under a mask. This put additional pressure on me to perform, to maintain the facade that I was just like everyone else. I remember when I finally admitted to myself that I was doing more harm than good. Winters are always tougher for me, heck, for most of us, right? Temperature changes affect my pain quite considerably, and on cold days going from the warmth of the office to the brisk cold weather outside would cause my pain to flare up. Trying to mask this from a customer would take considerable effort, effort I would pay for later. I eventually found myself spotting customers on the yard and telling one of the other sales team. I'd do this quickly so the owner of the business wouldn't see the client and possibly call out my name. Almost every time the salesperson I alerted would say something like, you saw them first mate, you go and I'd reply that I couldn't, as I had a customer come in and shortly or I was waiting to call a client in a few minutes. The kick in the guts then would be when the salesperson came back into the office a short while later, shaking the client's hand and thanking them for their business today. Another sales commission gone begging. It was then that the words the specialist said to me years ago finally hit home. I was comparing my performance to those that didn't deal with the non-stop presence of pain. It wasn't that life was being unfair to me, not at all. I was being unfair to me. I did need to lower my own expectations as I was setting myself up for failure. 
While doing so has affected my capacity to earn, it has taken away a heavy burden I'd placed on myself. While I now knew that I couldn't compare myself to others, it wasn't until I had the spinal cord implant operation in 2015 that I came to accept I needed to give myself a break. After the operation, I was both physically and mentally exhausted. I needed an escape from what I'd been through. Luckily, a good friend I'd met through a Brachial Plexus Facebook group demanded I come stay with her and her family in Orange County, California. She wouldn't let the issue rest, thanks Chrissy, so I packed a suitcase and left for America, staying with them for nine weeks. It turned out to be just what I needed, a complete break from my regular life, away from the pressures of putting on a facade for people that knew me well, and a distraction from the surgery. Being realistic about my situation and backing off from myself was a revelation. I do still battle with expecting more from myself, I think that will always be a part of me, I'm a driven person. But now I realise it's important for me to ease up on myself from time to time, and when my pain isn't so bad, that I deserve to have a break, a chance to relax. Remember in episode 2 how I said my pain is never less than a 3 out of 10 and averages 7 out of 10? Well, when it's in the golden range of 3 to 5, it is a total walk in the park for me. Life feels easy. I'm still in pain, 5 out of 10 is not to be ignored for what it is, but comparatively it's bliss. It's during this time that the driven part of me demands more. I must remind myself though that I'm allowed to have a break in this golden range, a chance to recharge the batteries. This doesn't mean I don't expect myself to deliver, it just means I don't need to feel so guilty about stopping and resting. I'm glad I found the balance, because it's what allowed me to go outside my comfort zone and do this podcast. To create and to give something, to hopefully contribute in a positive and meaningful way, something I'm passionate about, can deliver on and can do at my own pace and schedule. Learning the importance of giving myself a break was very significant, for sure it reduced some stress in my life, but it has little impact overall with living in pain. There is no denying that the underlying thread in my life is one of thankfulness, appreciation and love of life, of feeling like I'm one of the luckiest people and living my life the best I can. But there is also no denying the heaviness of existing in constant pain. You cannot discount how much of an impact this plays in my life. Everything I do or experience is done in pain. From the worst times to the best, my companion is with me, not once leaving my side. And that has to have an effect on how you see life. It would be natural to think this effect would be a negative one. Waking to pain, living your day in pain and trying to go to sleep in pain, day in and day out, for over 9,000 days. While I do not compare myself to a torture victim, this can be compared to torture. Inflicting pain continually on someone, burning and crushing their arm, tearing skin and flesh away, applying electric shocks, cutting deep slices through to the bone. What is different for me though to an actual victim of torture is the knowledge that this can't kill me. With that knowledge you can then begin to challenge your torturer, at times taunting him to do his absolute worst, because no matter how much pain and suffering he can bring, it won't kill me. I get to smile back at him in that knowledge. There are times where it is harder to find that smile, he's there when I'm at my weakest and my strongest, when life is challenging me elsewhere, when I just want to relax, read a book, go for a walk, but he can't kill me, I'm in control and that smile isn't far away. This knowledge gives me incredible strength, that if I can overcome this level of pain, I can overcome anything. I stated in an earlier podcast that I have over 100 battles a day, but more importantly, for each and every battle, I have a victory. This is the way I see my experience, not negative, but rather something positive, something to learn and grow from. I feel that is the better path to travel. After all, it is the path that has led me to where I am today. Speaking of these 100 plus battles, you can essentially view them as hiccups in my day. 
When we have the hiccups, we don't remember every single one, we don't hold on to them or dwell on them individually. So, this is how I choose to view these pain bursts. For example, I'll be walking down the hallway in our home and out of nowhere my sniper attacks, unleashing a volley of rounds that kick me off my stride, physically twisting my body, making me gasp for breath, it knocks the wind completely out of my sails. And then it's gone, as quickly as it arrived, and I continue what I was doing, unaffected by what just happened. Even the pain bursts that last much longer need to be treated this way. There will be a lot more to come that day, and if I have to take time out after every one of them, if I have to acknowledge the suffering they cause, then I would not move forward in life, I wouldn't achieve what I set out to do. I'm fully aware of what I go through, but I don't hold on to it, I don't let it define me or my day. This has helped me not get more and more worn down by the effects of long-term pain. Recently, after a bad 20-minute session of pain, my youngest daughter asked if I was okay. I remarked to her with a smile that all was fine, that it's like an intense roller coaster. During the ride, you might want it to stop so you can get off, but you can't. You're strapped in, and they won't release the straps until the ride is stopped. So you just have to hang on, enjoy the ride, and then when it's over, you can relax and laugh about it, and then line up for another turn. Although my attitude is strong and healthy, there are times where I feel I'm at breaking point. This takes a lot of focus to maintain control of the situation, because it can and will happen anytime. It will be all too easy for outside factors to push me past that point. Take being stuck in traffic, or waiting for someone to sort out what they're doing, being stuck somewhere you don't want to be, all things in life that most of us get frustrated by. And now a couple that were been in severe pain. My situation has taught me degrees of self-control, understanding and empathy that might have otherwise passed me by. Maybe that traffic jam is caused by an accident, someone could be severely injured. Maybe that person you're waiting for is dealing with a personal tragedy. Maybe not. But considering these as possibilities reminds me that the world does not centre around me and my plight. So whilst I sit there in traffic or waiting for someone to show up, being pushed to my limits of patience, I am constantly reminding myself that my discomfort is my problem to overcome. That life doesn't always run smoothly, and just because I'm in pain, I don't get a free pass. Facing this has allowed me to apply higher levels of patience and understanding than I ever had before. While I have never regretted what has happened to me, I do at times feel envious of what I perceive others to have. I see people out and about, from all appearances, uninhibited by the shackles of pain, enjoying conversation, a walk with family and friends, sitting peacefully on a riverbank, musing on life, going about their lives. I can't help but be envious initially. That's what I want too. A friend asked me recently what would be the first thing I would do if I was pain-free, and my response surprised him. It was simply to go for a walk. But my journey has taught me not to judge a book by its cover. Maybe these people are hiding something terrible, just trying to get through their day. That conversation could be about a tragedy. Those family and friends out for a walk after a funeral. That person musing on life on the riverbank dealing with mental health issues. And it makes me think how great my life actually is. All the good I have. That wishing to swap places with someone unknown could possibly mean taking on a heavier burden and losing everything you hold dear in life. Suffering continually, I've found, has a great way of grounding me, making me appreciate what I do have. While my initial response might sometimes be envy, I'm quickly reminded that none of us go through life scar-free, and that this life we have is the only life we have, so make the best of it. I've read of guilt that chronic pain sufferers experience, feeling guilty because the pain can hold them back from being who they want to be. I can empathise with this, particularly in my role as a father. I can't count the number of occasions that pain has stolen time from me that I wanted to spend with my children, and that can be a heavy burden. 
However, I only need to remind myself of a few important lessons I've learnt over the years facing this, and other similar situations. First and foremost, my children would not be here if it wasn't for my journey. Secondly, that no matter what I feel I've missed out on, or they've missed out on, they still have a father. There are so many children in this world without parents, from children who are orphaned due to war, disease or accident, children whose parents have abandoned them, or children with abusive parents, or parents who just plain neglect their kids. My children don't have to deal with any of that. Realising that allows me to understand that I shouldn't feel guilty about what I can't do or what my children may have missed out on. Instead, I should celebrate what I can and have done for them and what I have given them. Understanding this was very important to me in other areas as well. For example, my own personal measure and definition of success. I had to learn not to focus on areas where I couldn't achieve what I wanted, for example work, and realise maybe my success should be measured by what I can give to others rather than what I can take for myself. The feeling of guilt and not achieving what I expected was soon more than replaced by the feeling of helping those who needed it the most. Sure, my pockets aren't as deep, but my sense of personal satisfaction runs deep and wide. After listening to all this, it might be easy to believe that I have everything figured out and working perfectly. I can assure you I don't. There are moments that are too much for me, even complete days. There are mornings I wake up and my first thought is literally, I want to die. There are times when asking myself, how much more of this can I take, is a question I don't want to ask, because I know the answer appears to be no more. A therapist I saw for a couple of years described me as a master of pain, akin to a master of martial arts who was constantly seen off attackers. She said that even the master of martial arts needs a break though. But for me that isn't easy. My attackers don't relent. There are times that I feel like I'm fighting for my survival. I know of people who have unfortunately lost that fight. Believe me, this is an experience that will take you to the darkest places. It won't give in or ease up and it will challenge you in ways that seem ridiculous. In a way, knowing that there is a way out is kind of like a pressure release valve, of acknowledging the toll that comes with this journey. I will never take that option though, my love of life too strong, my desire to win, to grow, to inspire my children and others is overriding. Yes, my suffering would cease, but I wouldn't get to enjoy that feeling, there would be nothing, no appreciation. I would lose everything I've fought for, everything I've gained and all the future opportunities ahead. So that's not an option for me but it does allow me to better grasp the enormity of my situation. 25 years of chronic pain has taught me so much. Patience, empathy, self-control, understanding and self-awareness. I consider myself richer from this experience. Of course, it has been incredibly testing, and it will continue to be so. 25 to life might sound like a prison sentence, but I see it as an opportunity. One that with the right mindset allows me to focus on the rewards rather than the costs. Out of all the choices I had in front of me to deal with this, I feel that this was by far the best one. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of my journey. Next week we'll go into why I feel so lucky and why I would never change this experience. It's an episode I'm really looking forward to. If you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss out, please subscribe. I'll be putting a new episode up each week. You can find me on my Patreon page. Just search Screaming in Silence at Patreon.com or use the link in this episode's description. Joining gives you access to an exclusive community where you can ask me anything related to my journey or maybe about one you're on yourself, along with other Patreon-only content, or if you just want to support this podcast. If you know of anyone who you think would benefit from hearing about my journey in pain management and life perspective, please do share. The more that can benefit, the more worthwhile my journey becomes. 
Once again, thanks very much, take care, and I look forward to sharing more of you next time. From all appearances uninhibited by the shackles of pain. From all appearances uninhibited by the From all appearances uninhibited by the shackles of pain. From all appearances uninhibited by the shackles of pain.